everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Successful Mind Podcast, where we talk about all things self-love leading into Valentine's Day tomorrow. Take a listen and let us know what you think. You're listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. So, David. Yes. It's uh, Valentine's week this week. Love is everywhere. It's in apparently. the air. It's in the air. It's the mood about the air, right? It is, and it's actually the 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 topic of today's podcast. We're going to talk about love, okay? But we're not going to talk about love from a perspective of chocolate hearts and <laughs> Valentine's Day cards, and romance, romance. We're going to talk about self love okay. and specifically self love in business. That cool with you? Yeah, sounds great to me. Let's do it. So whenever we talk about love, you always get the question, what is love? Like, what is the definition of love? Yeah. Want to address that? <clears throat> yeah, sure. That, you know, back in the day when I was learning about this, I was learning a lot of, a, a lot of my initial learning around this came from my mentor, Proctor. And he said something that really struck a chord with me. He says, love is a resonance. It's being in harmony well, we were talking about other people at the time, like how do you know mm -hmm. you're in love? It's like be in harmony with another person, being on the same frequency, mentally, physically, psychologically, you know, we're um, just really being in harmony with that individual. And you can feel that in your body. It sets up a, a resonance. But it's also that way with things like, uh, you know, the desire of your heart. What are you in love with in life? What, you know, it, your work, your your job, uh, things that you feel that you're put here to do, other people, how do you treat yourself and others? You know, it's what is what are you in resonance with, with those things? So that's really, you know, when you remove the, I don't know, kind of the mystical romance side out of it, which really plays a, a very different role. Um, the idea is being in love with life and yourself and what you do with yourself in life. Awesome. And since most people listening to this podcast are business owners and we consult with business owners, we see how the lack of love, the lack of self-love in particular, can really have some damaging effects on business. Yeah. And the problem is that it, it's almost cliche, right? So, I mean, I don't know how many times someone has said to me, oh, you just need, you know, you just need to work on loving yourself right? You just need to work on loving yourself. Well, that's all fine and good. But if you weren't ever taught how to love yourself as a child, yeah, like what is that? how right? the hell do you learn to love yourself? Like, yep. what does that even look like? Are there steps? And, and in terms of business, like, what does that look like in terms of how I show up as a, as a business leader? And I, I would always get kind of like irritated knowing that, yeah, I'm sure that's probably the answer, but it's not the whole answer. It's definitely not the whole answer. And, and I think part of it is that there's this double-minding message that we're raised with. Um, I don't know if it's actually spoken this way, but it but it's indirectly 
communicated that loving yourself is an arrogant or an egotistical type of a thing. And I remember, I remember Proctor one time, one of the first times I heard him, he's like, uh, you should love yourself. You should be able to wake up in the morning and kiss yourself that you're so happy with who you are as a, as a person. And I remember feeling kind of funny when he said that, like almost like, uh, that is, that's arrogant, right? Yeah. It's like, it's not, that's Conceded. not healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, and it really isn't when you start to understand it. What's unfortunate is I think that for most individuals, instead of being raised where you're taught about the best parts of yourself and how to treat yourself and then bring that forth in the world, it's all about what can you do for somebody else first and putting yourself last. And then you don't feel good about yourself, but you don't know why, because you think you're following the rules that you were taught to how to treat everybody else. And the idea is this, at least this is what I think. If you treat yourself the best and you make your, and you, you really focus on the idea of, I am going to consciously work on the relationship with myself and love myself, then the way that I show up in the world will be just that to everybody else. But if I short myself, then I don't bring all of myself to the world. I bring the broken parts of myself to the world. So I think it's a big deal. That's also kind of where imposter syndrome comes from, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. Where you're feeling one way on the inside, but you, the the image that you're portraying on the outside is is not actually what you're truly feeling on the inside. That's right. It's what you think you have to be like on the outside to get your needs met. And imposter syndrome is a huge deal when it comes to people who are trying to do develop greatness inside of themselves to, to build businesses and various other things, right? They just don't feel worthy of the position that they want to see themselves in. There's a, there's a total internal conflict going on all the time. Right. And I know, and we know imposter syndrome can have massive ramifications. Yes. It'll keep you from being seen. It'll, it, I mean, it just, like, there's so many ways that imposter syndrome will mess with you. Your pricing, um, how you advertise yourself, how you talk about yourself to other clients, your inability to to share client wins. Um, you hire people. Oh my goodness. Right. Like allowing yourself to get the help that you need. You don't feel like you're good enough to get the, right. the help that you need. Right. So, okay. So I'm just going to cut to the chase here because I want this episode to be super helpful. And okay. and the big question that I've always had around around this, and I know other people have asked, asked us this as well, it's, how do I, like, what are the tangible things? Like, how do I develop self-love with myself? If that wasn't something that I was taught, if I was taught actually the opposite, what, what can I do about it, right? Like, what can I do? I know that's the question that's running through people's minds right now. Well, I think one of the things, and I think this is kind of interesting, is you have to develop, you have to realize that you're worthy of self-love. And I don't think people think that they're they're actually worthy of uh, of really loving themselves. I think it comes down to how your parents related um, your worthiness in the world to yourself. If you think about the things that you asked for, the things that you wanted, the things that things that you also needed in your life as a as a child, and you were told that you couldn't have them. They give, a, they give an internal indication that, that you're not worth it, right? You're not worth extra attention. You're not worth this. We don't have the money for that. Who do you think you are? What makes you think that you should have this? There's all of these, these contradicting ideas when it comes to a child standing out, stepping out, experiencing their own internal desire. A kid doesn't 
doesn't know. They have no reflection of what it is that they're desiring to go, hey, what is this about? Why am I having this experience and I want this toy or I want two toys or I want a swimming pool? They don't know that. All they know is that they're having this experience and they start to step into that experience and ask for what they want and they, bam, they get shut down really hard. And with the indication that they're not good enough or they're not worthy enough to have that. So in order for this to happen, I think a person has to start to look at what they really are to begin with. And I always like to start with, you're a spiritual being, uh, you know, having a human experience. You are a soul, which in essence, you are love. You were, you were made to be the, the most magnificent creation that there is and then be able to put that forth into the experience of life. If you start there and add to it, then things make sense. If you start from a deficient, Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. because it, does, it doesn't add up in your mind, right? Right. So basically what you're saying is you've got to start from the, the truth of the situation, not from yeah. where your belief system is right now. Right. It's, an, it's, a, it's a truth that has to be taught to you about who you really are. So that's an indication that the idea, if you, if you sit back and go, hmm, I wonder who I really am, probably the first voices that come to your mind is actually what you're not. Right, because that's what the world reflects to most people: what they're not, not who they really are. Interesting. I know when we've asked that question to our clients in the past, they'll they'll say things like, you know, you say, "Who are you?" Oh, I'm a business owner. I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I'm a I'm a husband. I'm a wife. I'm a you know I'm a I'm a creative. Right. I'm an empath. I'm a but they miss the actual very beginning of the essence of of who they are. Yeah, all of those things are based on what they do. Right. Correct. They're looking for that. They're looking for their self ideology based on what they do. Yeah. And that's how most people are raised. Like from very early age, what are you going to be when you grow up? I mean, how many times do oh we hear gosh. that? <laughs> right. Not who, not who are you? Not what do you want to become? Who, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? I remember Steph getting that, that question asked to me for, four or five, maybe even three years old when I was a kid. Oh yeah, sure. Well, you started playing. You mean like, I remember in kindergarten, we would have we would have like days where we would get to like dress up like in like a career, right? You dress yeah. up like a like a mailman, you dress up like a doctor, you dress up like a, a lawyer, you dress up like a firefighter, you dress up, you know what I mean? Right. Like a police officer and then you you'd get to wear the costumes and, and it was all about like figuring out what you wanted to be when you grew up. Right. And what were the what were the think about what you played with with other kids at a young age? Right, like when you got together with you know kids on the block or whatever. What were the th- what were the things that you did to pl- in play? You know, um, I remember playing things that were representative of what was ever. Well, I mean, like n- when I was a little kid, Vietnam was still going mm-hmm. pretty damn strong. Yeah. So everything like we as boys, we would get little soldier toys and we would get GI Joes and stuff like that, and we would play that that that's what we were going to be. But we also would play barber, you know, we would get a barber's kit, right? And some some of the girls would get nurses' kits and doctors' yeah. kits yeah. with a stethoscope. Oh and, yeah, I right? had the stethoscope. Yeah. Um, which I mean that could lead to something else that it has to do with love. But <laughs> but but it was interesting what we were given to play with that would use our creative imagination and we would start seeing ourselves as possibly all of these different things um that we were interested in. And I don't remember anybody saying to me, here's 
here's who you are as a person and here's why you are this. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I discussed this in one of our MDM morning meetings. And I was pointing out this very interesting lesson that I heard Proctor talk about back in the day. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about when he first started listening to Earl Nightingale's recordings. And he was he had listening, was listening to him for hundreds of hours, thousands of hours. And what he was listening to was the potential of what you what you were as a person in those recordings and why you were so capable of be doing great things. And he didn't know why it was so appealing to him to listen to that, but he was listening to it over and over and over. And it wasn't telling him what he was not, and it wasn't telling him what he did wrong, and it wasn't telling him what he should do. It was getting him in touch. Those recordings were getting him in touch with the essence of who he was as a a person. And as that began to blossom, he began to love himself. And as he began to love himself, he began to see that he was capable of doing great things. I love that story. That's a great story. story. A couple times. Um, Because it's just, I mean, think about, you know, I mean, I'm 48. I've had 48 years of programming of who I'm not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I can't imagine him sitting there and listening to those recordings over and over, just trying to get it into his mind who he actually is. Right. And, you know, people say, you know, you say you're a spiritual being in a physical body having a, having a, a physical, physical experience. Having a physical experience, a, a human experience. A human experience. So you're a spiritual being in a physical body having a human experience. Right. Like that's who everyone is at their base level. That, that's correct. And there's nothing about that that deems you unworthy for anything that you desire. That's correct. That's correct. But on many different levels, including some religious levels, we're taught that we're not worthy. Yeah. Well, right? we've talked about original sin before yeah. in, in previous podcast yeah. episodes. So let's. So that's where we are. I mean, how the hell do you love yourself if you're taught that you're born a sinner? Yeah, that makes it really That doesn't tough. sound really enthusiastic. Right. And that, I mean, basically it's saying you don't deserve anything until you do all these different steps and then maybe you're made worthy of doing something, right? Right. But it, it keeps you, it keeps this kind of bait uh, out in front of you your whole life that maybe you'll add up and damn, is there a nasty consequence if you don't, right? Oh, it's yeah. amazing that anybody ever actually gets there when you really look at what what's happening to people. Yeah, it's true. So let's talk about, you know, we've got, you're a business owner, you're, you know, you've got between, you know, 35 and 50 years of programming. You've got the negative voices in your head telling you, you know, all the things that you're doing wrong and why you're not good enough and people will leave and, you know, you've got to do this to get this and all the strings attached to, to love that they're usually, that they're usually taught. There's lots of strings attached. If you want to be love, you have to do this, this, and this, or we'll withhold love or we'll leave. So we're, we're now a business owner and there's lots of stuff that need to be done in a business. And generally where we see this show up is self-sacrificing in business, right? You get, you go into business for a reason. You go into business normally because you love the thing that you're doing. Right. Right. Like you, you like the doing of the thing in your business. You don't necessarily go into business because you like to, you, you want to manage people. Exactly. Right. That's exactly. generally not the reason that you go into business. Right. So then you're you're put in this situation where I mean it's kind of a minefield of of self-loathing because there's so many opportunities to make mistakes and every mistake just adds to the to the side of the pile of of why you're not worth 
self-love. So can we talk about some tangible things that people can start doing in their business right now to begin to, to build that, to begin to... Yeah, I think so. I had, you know, as, you're, as I'm, I'm thinking as you're saying this, when I first started um, my business, somebody that was very important to me said, you have absolutely no right to make money uh, from other people showing them how you made mistakes and fixed them. You should feel horrible about yourself because of that. And they were dead serious. Wow. They were really serious. And, and for the first time in my life, I actually felt proud of something that I had done because I was able to change something and learn how to do something completely different. And I was thinking as you were, you were talking about that with the thing, I know that based on the things that we want to discuss today, very often people go into business um, not believing the th- that they have something e- extremely important to contribute, and that becomes kind of this funnel focus out of their mind. And I think that's why they do the things that that you're that you're suggesting. So, I think it I think it starts with this: that understand whatever it is, whatever reason you're in business, you have something unique about you to offer to other individuals at a very high level um, uh, to benefit the lives of other people, right? Like there's, there is a, there is a great amount of worth in that, just in that in and of itself. And then there's the levels of how you do that, right? Which is what we're going to talk about. Like, how do you build, how do you build the business in a way where you're, you're, you're creating and putting forth the best of you that you have and the business itself. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. I think, I think the concept of self-love is, is a little um, distorted. You know, I'll, I'll be speaking to a business owner and we'll be talking about like self-care and making sure that they're making themselves a priority. Right. And, and they'll say things like, well, I get a massage once a month (laughs) and I'll say, but when you're getting a massage, what are the things that you're saying to yourself in your head? You know, most business owners that lack self-love will get a massage. They'll feel guilty for taking the time to get the massage. They'll be laying on the table thinking of all the things they could be doing with the time that they're, t- that they're taking to get the massage or all the things that they need to do after the massage or all the things that they did wrong before the massage. And it's actually not an act of, of, of self-love at all. You just it's, feel guilty about getting a massage. They just feel guilty about getting a massage, yeah. right? So it's, it's, not, it's, it's more than self-care. Right, it's how yes. you set up your life. It's it's what you tolerate and what you don't tolerate in your life. So, the first one, um, and and this is for everyone, is the act of setting boundaries is an act of self love. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's it's the biggest thing that's not taught us as children how to say no to something, okay. how to set a boundary and say no, I'm I'm. I'm going to be leaving today at 4.30. I'm not going to do this extra thing after 4.30. And I'm doing that because I value me and I value my time and I'm, I'm not going to do that, right? Where boundaries are a huge issue. Boundaries are an issue around your team. Boundaries are an issue around family. I mean, family are the biggest boundary pushers on the planet, right? Right. Boundary issues around your calendar, boundary issues around your time. Boundary issues around expectations. You, well, the only thing you can control is you. And boundaries is a tool that allows you to do that. Yes. 
Without that, everybody else or other things are controlling you. Right. Right. Somebody else's sense of urgency of what has to happen is controlling you or their guilt or their shame or whatever reason they're telling you no or what you have to do or whatever. You're not controlling the one thing that you actually have control over. Right. Everyone else's emergencies do not need to be your emergencies. That is a damn truth right there. Are you feeling frustrated because your business has hit a plateau and no matter how hard you work, you can't seem to break through? Are you struggling to see what you need to do differently to take your business to the next level? We are Life Is Now Inc. and we understand the frustration of hitting a business plateau. That's why we created the Business Growth Accelerator, a two-day small group workshop that includes direct one-on-one coaching from myself and my CEO, Steph Tuss. During our two solid days together, we will provide you with a clear plan to break through the plateau and take your business to the next level. You'll learn how to identify hidden opportunities in your business, create an implementation strategy, and overcome your specific challenges. Plus, you'll walk away with the clarity, knowledge, plan, tools, and confidence to grow your business. Don't let frustration hold you back any longer. Sign up for the Business Growth Accelerator today and receive the personalized guidance that you'll need to break free from this cycle. For more information, go to lifeisnowinc.com forward slash growth. Don't miss out on this opportunity to unlock your business's full potential. Again, for more information, go to lifeisnowinc.com forward slash growth. And now back to the show. Right. Like I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> Everybody else's emergencies do not have to be your emergencies. But we we're we're so used to solving problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people go into business because they've they know how to solve problems, which I think is interesting that that person said that to you because that's what business is. Business is about providing solutions. Yep. And how do you get the solutions? You learn from your mistakes, right? But the idea is that you're so used to solving problems that you you lack the boundary to say that's not my problem to solve exactly right that's not my problem to solve this is their problem to solve yeah you know it's interesting that you say that (laughs) you're making me really think today because for somebody to make that statement um that you're not good enough to do this or that you shouldn't be doing this from something that you fixed and and that you actually learned. It's kind of like, I wonder what they think business is anyway. Because one thing that's very interesting is that we're raised with this idea that we don't need this or that. So business offers solutions to problems for the most part, right? Products and services that solve problems that make people's lives better. And your whole childhood, you're taught you don't need all these extra things in life. So then to go out and do them, it's almost as if you're doing something that's wrong to begin with. It's really kind of messed up when you think about how <laughs> twisted it, can, it actually is. Yeah, it you is. Know? It like is. I think there's something inside of people when they start business, at least from what you and I have seen with this, this game is resistance that goes back and forth, like not feeling good about getting massage, not understanding how to set boundaries, not understanding how to say no, not understanding how to protect your space or take care of yourself the best that you can. There's a guilt that runs through that. 
And I wonder if some of it doesn't actually stem from it. Some part deep in your subconscious mind, you don't think you're doing something wrong to begin with. Well, let's take, so I, I was, I, as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking about a past client, and this has actually been several clients that we've worked with where they were actually paying their team more than they were paying themselves. Yep. That's a huge act of self-harm actually, right? You've got, you've got acts of self-love and you've got acts of self-harm. I like, to me, that's easy to, to separate those two into those two categories. Right. This is either an act of self-love or this is an act of self-harm. And I'm, I'll come back to that because I kind of have a story about that. But she's running a business. She's building a business and she's paying her team more than she's paying herself. Right? Yeah. Because she thinks if she doesn't, they'll leave. She doesn't think she's worth being paid. She's waiting for some day when the business is making enough money for her to get paid. A mystical thought right there someday. <laughs> someday will never come. It'll never come. And really, when you, when you boil it down, it's she had a massive self-worth issue. Yep. Yep. And you know something else that's interesting about that statement? If you, There's a lot of people out there that have business podcasts and have written business books and people that I've admired over the years. They also have this belief, and some of them are way more successful than we are too. Mm -hmm. But if you think about where does it come from, it comes from the underlying idea that they're competing with others for business to begin with. So they're starting off with a lack proposition instead of something that is holistic, to, to, to actually start with. When I learned that piece that you're discussing about paying yourself first, the idea was coming from this idea that you're more than enough, you have more than enough to give, what you have is prosperous, and you're coming from an abundant place to do this. So there's an, there's it's not just that there's, there's uh, enough for um, the people that work for you, but there's enough for you also because you're the creator of the thing that you're actually a proponent of. Correct. Yeah. And there's there's a value exchange there. Very much. And if you're not accepting your own value in exchange, then that's actually an act of self-harm. Right. It's very much an act of self-harm. So not setting a boundary, and we can give specific examples. Do what you love, but be miserable while you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean... Yeah, because if you're actually enjoying it and making what you want, then there's got to be something wrong. You've got to be doing something so criminal. Up. God, is it so screwed up. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. So the other way, the other way to, to increase or to build self-love in business is to give yourself permission to say no to things. Now, that kind of goes in line with a boundary, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that we're just so channeled to say yes to everything to make people happy that we don't actually check in with ourselves and say is this something that i really want to do yeah it's more if i don't do this 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 and this could possibly happen wrong right yep. it's it i am i am i am self-harming when i say yes to something that i don't really want to do and this isn't like I know I need to pick up the phone and make sales calls for, you know, to, to bring in money for my business. That's not this kind. This is someone asks you to do something 
a request that you do something and you you don't want to do it. You don't see how it's in line with your business. You don't see how it's taking you closer to your goal. And you say yes anyway. You do this thing and then you become resentful of the other person. Exactly. It's an act of self-harm. It's not an act of self-love where if you just communicated, you know what, I'm not really interested in doing that. Thanks for the invite or thanks for asking. That builds self-esteem. Right. And I just said self-esteem. How are self-love and self-esteem interrelated? Well, self-esteem is basically the image, the mirror image of how you see yourself unconsciously. And it's built over a lot of different things as we're growing up because everything is, human beings are very interesting in the fact that we understand who we are through the reflection of others, right? So <clears throat> I really wouldn't understand me if I didn't have you in my life. I need somebody to reflect me back to me, mm -hmm. right? So if you're being raised in an environment where you're taught that it's not okay to set boundaries. You don't know how to say no. You have to do things out of shame and guilt. You're wrong for wanting to follow your own heart's desires. What is being reflected back to you is an image of you that is not that good. And then you internalize that image is not, I'm not that great. And I should feel guilty and I should feel shame. And um, I should do what other people want before I do what I want. It's not okay for me to ask for what I want. Um, I break my word constantly because I'm constantly um, committing to doing things that I don't really want to do. Yep. And it goes, it goes on and on. So that builds a self-esteem or a self-image of the person that other people thought you should be. So it's a, it's, um, uh, it's a genetic biological programming paradigm that comes down from one generation to another, and it's automatically passed on to children because that's the way people think that they should actually be in life. So, so how was how did you phrase the question again? Self love how are, versus how is self love and self esteem interrelated? Yeah. <clears throat> so the thing is, is that when you build a self, when you build self esteem based on the ignorant opinion of other people, you're not loving yourself. You're looking for acceptance. So your whole self esteem is based on the acceptance of others. I need other people's approval. I need their acceptance. Um, I need what I think. <clears throat> I need what I think their love is, even though I don't really understand what that might be. It's not just an affectionate gesture, but you know, we think that it is. Um, and the idea is that we think that that love is always coming from something else and we're constantly working for it. We don't understand that it begins with us and we have to learn who we are essentially from a spiritual perspective to understand that love uh, in order to change that self-esteem. Cause we, we're, as adults, we're in control of changing the image that we hold inside of ourselves. Now it's work, right? There's no question that it's work. And it requires that you get a different knowledge than you're raised with so that you can move into self-love. The idea would be that they harmonize, that you bring those two things together, that you hold a loving picture or a, or a loving self-image of yourself that then is a projected out into the world. And it's and you're not the person the person that you're being is not because of what's being reflected back to you. It's because you're choosing to be the person that you want to be. You don't need the acceptance of others to be who you want, right? You don't need the acceptance of others to say what you want, to do what you want in this life. I don't know if that's answering your question, but I'm trying to get close to what you're what you're asking. It's a little complicated. It is. I think that I think you 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 laid out the distinction nicely. Your self-esteem is basically your self-image. And yeah. most people's self-esteem or self-image is based on what other people told them it needed to be. Correct. Rather than who they innately are and what they want for themselves. Right. 
Okay. Right. I think that's clear. Yeah. That is really like people use self-esteem and self-love interchangeably as if they're the same thing and they're actually not the same thing. They're not the same thing. And here's something that's interesting. You can actually find this in most of the religions around the world if you look if you look close enough. But let's just take the Christian religion. Right in Genesis, it says that we're made in the image of in the image of God that we're that God created us in the image of of God. But that is not taught uh interpersonally in if in most of the Christian denominations. It's actually the opposite is taught. You're not worthy of God's love until you do this. You're yeah. born a sinner. If you do if you sin, if you don't if you don't do these certain things, you're going to go to hell for for all of eternity. So you're constantly chasing the affection of God for your whole life, the approval of God, the endorsement of God to yeah. say that you're actually a good person. When right smack in the beginning, it says you're created in the image of, <clears throat> which means if I was to teach a child right from the very beginning who they were as a person and the greatness that's in there, and then discipline them according to that, right? Help mold their habits and the way that they think from that perspective, you'd end up with a completely different person on your hands by the time they became an adult because they would be very solid in who they really are as a person. They wouldn't be seeking they wouldn't be seeking love from outside themselves. No, they'd be giving. Fascinating. They'd be giving. See, we're what what we go through life doing, we're always giving something. The question is what are we giving? Right? What are we giving when we when we meet another person? Are we giving love? Are we um are we generous? Are we grateful? Or are we needy and undisciplined and suspicious and lack and manipulative and manipulative? Yeah, perfect. That's exactly correct. How can I manipulate this person to get my needs met? That's right. Because yeah. that's what we learn as little children when our parents manipulate us. Yes. Hmm. Fascinating. And this this episode wasn't about parent bashing. They obviously could only do the best that they could with with what they had. Of course. And this hasn't been taught for a very, 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 very long time. But I think it's an important discussion to have in terms of um in terms of being a business owner. Like what does that what does that look like? Making it okay for you to set boundaries, making it okay to put yourself first, making it okay to pay yourself first, making it okay to have what you want, whatever that desire is, and knowing that 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 that's possible. Um and then being really clear on what are the things that you're going to do for yourself that are going to nourish and feed feed yourself because if you do that then you're like they're like you just said David they're giving and generous and they're not seeking something from the outside to fulfill some kind of unmet need right exactly exactly <clears throat> and from the spiritual perspective the 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 truth about that for all of life is that whatever you put out comes back to you. It's also a scientific fact, right? Energy returns to its source of origination. So if you're putting out good and you're putting out love um, <clears throat> and you're putting out kindness and help and gratitude, all of that comes back to you in life. Remember, the, remember in the Bible it says, by their fruits you'll know them. By their fruits you'll know them. You'll be able to identify the people by what they have in their life. When you hear people complaining, they don't have anything and the world's against them and all of that, yeah. that'll tell you what they think about themselves. That is, a, that is a mirror image of how they see themselves. Yeah. That is a window into who the person is. It is. Very much so. Incredible. Well, thanks for having this important discussion with me today. That was great. Valentine's Day, this Valentine's week, set a boundary you've been wanting to set for a long time. Say no to something that you've been wanting to say no to. 
for a long time and even say yes to something that you've been wanting to say yes to for a long time. Say yes to loving yourself. Yes. I like that idea. And with Valentine's Day happening tomorrow, I think it would be very fitting for me to throw a few Valentine's Day tidbits at you guys. <laughs> and I call this the good, the bad, and the weird. So are you ready? So first of all, you talked about business and you talked about business owners, but everybody knows that Valentine's Day is a big business. Last year alone, $23.9 billion was spent on this one holiday and men spend twice as much as women on this holiday. Well, and I think David and I could probably attest to this. It's to try and get out of that proverbial doghouse we live in 364 days out of the year, right? And then in this country alone, we spend $10.7 billion on jewelry, flowers, and candy. Just on those three gifts. Seriously? For Valentine's Day? For Valentine's Day. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And and Steph, I don't know if do you get jewelry, flowers, or candy, Steph? Um I think your spouse needs to try harder. No. That's all I'm gonna say. Here's the I don't least desired. Here's, I don't eat candy. So you don't eat candy. Not a lot of people want candy. There's no. so many people who get unwanted Not anymore, gifts. But back in the yeah. day, when we back were kids, in the day. it was big. Candy totally. was a big deal. Yeah, big deal. I mean, you'd get those box of chocolates and you'd kind of eat the ones you'd Test them and yeah. throw them out if they yeah. didn't taste really good. Or chocolate-covered cherries, right? Gross. Oh, so these, good. here's so the gross. least desired gifts. Now, these I, I probably have purchased some of these before, but I'm going to say them at the risk of being ridiculed. 24% um, of people believe that the least desired gift on Valentine's Day is tools. They don't want tools. Tool, yeah. Okay. I would take some tools. Uh, a gym membership. What kind of message does that yeah, send? Yeah, that's probably not a great idea. Yeah. Uh, sporting equipment. Again, we're probably thinking treadmills and things of that nature. Um, my favorite, kitchen appliances. 16% say not a good idea. Hmm. Blenders. I mean, margarita night. No. Uh, cheesy stuffed animals. I've done that. And then last but not least, the mixtape. Do you think people know what a mixtape is? I mean, our audience does, but the younger generation, do they know what a mixtape is? And have you ever given a mixtape to someone? I love mixtapes. I don't know that I've ever given someone to someone. I've created them. Oh, yeah. When I've we made were kids, it. we did it all the time. Like, yeah, I, I made mixtapes. That's yeah. so awesome. All right, so those were the those were the good, the, the bad, and now the weird. Um, these are some gifts that I came across just in searching for some last-minute ideas, even though tomorrow is Valentine's Day and I probably can't get them here. Uh, beef jerky hearts. Um, by a company called Manly Man Company. They say beef mine on them, which is kind of oh, fun. God. And they say meet me, M-E-A-T. That's kind of clever, right? Yeah. Is that a bromance gift? That's, what is it that? could be, or uh -huh. it could be for your significant other. I love meat. So if Steph got me beef jerky hearts, I'm all in on a night of romance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, chocolate hummus by Boar's Head. They make a mm. dessert hummus, chickpeas and chocolate. Does that mm. sound good? No. Nope. Hey, Steph, your face is telling me nope. it doesn't sound nope. good. No. Nope. Okay, then this one will probably tempt your fancy. How about a leather fly swatter? <laughs> it comes is in. Is it no. really a fly swatter? <laughs> Not exactly. Is it really a fly swatter? That's what I'm wondering. That's all I'm saying. It comes in three colors: American saddle, black, or vegan tan. <laughs> of course. So for of yeah, course. for the for the price of thirty five ninety nine, you can get yourself a leather fly swatter. Nice. So if you're one of the millions out there who's going to celebrate this high holiday of love tomorrow, or you're just going to happily ignore it, like many of you will, I would direct you to take in the lyrical stylings of Life Is Now's favorite Hathaway, who sang in 1993, "What Is Love." Because we know that's a banger. Am I right? Uh, You're right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you'd show us a little love and subscribe. Uh, share this with your friends. It's something that um, makes a great gift, we believe, right? Helping other people help themselves 
is always a fantastic thing. Hope you got a lot out of this. Hope you have a wonderful uh, Valentine's Day. We love you. And go, go love yourself and love the world. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to lifeisnowinc.com.